What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in. Tuesday episode, brand new week. We are back. OUA football happened over the weekend. OUA playoffs, actually, I should say, happened over the weekend. Tons of playoff action around the country as well. Tons of playoff settings through the CFL. And Javon Holland, first career INT for the Canadian in the NFL. It was a nice one, too. Wade, man, huge weekend. It was a huge weekend. I am excited for all the playoff football we are getting. Uh, Canadians making plays all over the field. I was hoping Chris Jevlin would get some touches in the goal line, but uh, my fantasy team was not complaining with all the James Conner action we saw in Arizona. Up in the CFL, though, some close games, some games that were closer than needed to be, uh, especially for your Conner's covers. But... Let's uh, let's start there because uh, well I guess we'll before we get there we gotta we gotta score to settle here on a bet. What do I owe? What do you owe? I gotta think about this. I don't know what I want yet. What oh, what God. should maybe we should leave this up to Twitter to decide? Hmm, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna do this? What should Wade be forced to do? We'll have to circle back to this one. I'm gonna have to think about it. I'm gonna have to think about it because I did win. The Ottawa U of T bet outright. Ottawa moving on in the playoffs. We will get there, but uh, hey, hey, we said it was going to happen. JP Simakinda had a day. You know what we did? We just had to stick with our teams on the lines, but we both knew that JP was going to run rough shot. Uh, in terms of uh, props, though, I nailed all three of mine. <laughs> yeah, you went under under on the, uh, the special teams touchdown. You went over under on... Under on Corby. Corby's yard. No, I went under on Corby's under on yards Corby? and over on Clay's passing yards, and I hit all three. I gave, I feel like I gave you some pretty fair lines for those. You two. did. Like, I just bet smartly. <laughs> you did. Yeah. What did I go over? You actually on yours. You also went oh, oh, three for three. Look at us go six for six on props. Uh, Look the at under that. Look for Merkel for you was 180 and a half. He had 141. Estimated was 85 and a half. He finished with 33. Uh, and then you had JP over 95 and a half yards. Yeah, he crushed that. Again, uh, I feel like some fair lines. Those are some pretty fair lines. Yeah, I mean, a century mark for a prop is usually like, whoa, holy crap. But we knew it was going on. Uh, so six for six on props. The over under we did hit. On uh, the 23 and a half, both of us did hit that. So seven of seven on props. And then we okay. just had to pick our teams outright to win because you can't pick against them. Uh, so I, I like, I guess I went five and oh. Yep. You went five and oh, and I went four or five because we, uh, we had to stick wow. with our alma maters. Wow. Okay. So why can't we bet like this when there's yeah, actual lines say, involved? <laughs> now let's roll, let's roll this. Let's bring up Connor's covers from last week. Cause that was a brutal week. Okay. Well, you got oh, Hamilton, no. Hamilton, uh, minus six and a half. Uh, so I got that. So yeah, I got, I got the, the Hamilton line. The over under in the game was 43 and a half. Uh, it finished, uh, 44 and you said, over nice okay so another one of those where i hit by half a point uh i believe you said over i did uh, say over then we had sask edmonton 1917 you had sask minus six you did not get get that one and yeah then, thrilled uh, thrilled about edmonton playing well for once and then that one went under which i think 
You said under because I did say under in that one. Uh, the next one you definitely did not get. Toronto minus ten and a half. Uh, <laughs> you know what's funny? No. You know what's funny though? I was walking around at work, and there's a there's a couple of CFL fans there, and I like I jokingly in the halls like yelled across somebody. I was like, "Yeah, Ottawa money line tonight. Watch." So close. <laughs> if only I had like actually taken my joking advice. Uh, <laughs> almost took your joking advice. The over-under on that one, you said under, it was at 45 and a half. They squeaked that one out too. 43. Uh, <laughs> these over-unders really saving your skin. I know. This eh? one, though, the last game, we have some controversy in because you took oh, God. Winnipeg minus 12, uh, and the over-under was 45. I believe you said over on that one. Yeah. So it was 52, so you hit that. But here's the controversy. It's because you said Winnipeg for the show, and then you turned around, and after the line <laughs> moved to 11 and a half, then you bet Montreal. Yep. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I cannot give you any victory points for Winnipeg. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, take the, I'll take the victory by myself on that one, though. The I will. I, you bet. <laughs> I snuck out a one, one and a half one and a half point cover. I can't believe it. Another like man, it wasn't VA, but those Montreal, those Montreal squeaker covers have been saving me this year. Uh, you had a couple squeakers this week, but uh, before we get too much more into our episode uh, and talk about these playoff game, or the playoff implications in the CFL, we just want to remind you guys that Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more this november keep using that code while the season's still on cfl gets you free shipping on your first order over 100 dollars. shipping is available to ontario residents only must be of legal drinking age and get geared up for game day with fox 40 head over to fox40shop.com to get geared up for game day they have coaching boards gear whistles you can check out the tri-layer whistle mask the electronic whistle whatever you may need whatever coaching needs you may have fox 40 has you covered and while you're there use code cfp15 at checkout you can get 15 percent off your order get geared up for game day with fox 40 the worldwide leaders in whistle tech all right, let's talk about the CFL. We have not really talked much CFL because there has been so much great U Sports content, but we are still following it. But of course, you get CFL content from Martian Mello, Martian DT. The A Block has some CFL content too. And we hit you on the Thursdays as well. We get you with your gambling fix as well as Kyle does. Kyle's been doing a great job with his. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He, his record's probably crushing yours. I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, he went he went four and zero last week. He had a good week again this week. Man, I gotta start. I gotta start just like not not. I gotta wait until Kyle releases his and then his, just piggyback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's not fair. Uh, oh, but, I'm horrible. But with the Hamilton win and the BC loss, the Montreal Alouettes, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and the Toronto Argonauts make up the Eastern playoffs. So we will not have a crossover here in 2021. In the West, though, we still have some things to be figured out. Not who the number one seed is going to be, though, because we know that is Winnipeg. But there's still some last-end stuff to figure out, including who ends up in what spot. 
But we are coming down to the wire this CFL season, and it's exciting to have everyone except for really two teams in the hunt. Yeah, BC is going to need to stop this eight-game losing slide that they're on if they have any hope of getting into the playoffs. Calgary is certainly turning it on right now. Edmonton, I think the story is is kind of written there, but BC, man, like they they have pieces in place now. Their offense is getting healthy. Lucky Whitehead's getting back into the mix. I mean, Dominic Rimes is back. He was catching touchdowns. Devere Posey's working his way into that lineup as well. And they're running the ball. James Butler is running the ball well. They just need to figure themselves out on defense. They need to find a way to stop letting these teams rack up 20-plus points on them. That's what it comes down to. But, yeah, BC's got a hope here if they can if they can pull it together. Meanwhile, Saskatchewan's played close games left, right, and center. Calgary's heating up. So those three teams, really, I could see any of them – squeaking in maybe winning the first game and then just getting walloped by winnipeg but i mean who else would you be shocked to see to see calgary get through like i wouldn't at the, to rate the west final right now? to the yeah, west i would no not not at all i wouldn't be all. shocked they're hot as hell and that's what really the playoffs are all about that what team is hitting their peak as they enter the playoffs um calgary should we go back up to the and, ottawa great cup year like yeah, like they finished what five hundred with the Grey Cup win. Like they had a losing record, they won the Grey Cup. Like yeah, I think like after the after the playoffs, they like finished at five hundred overall. But like yeah, like they were like seven to nine or something like that that entered the year or whatever it was. Um, they just got hot at the right time, right? Like, but no, that's what that's what the playoffs all about. I think when you run into Winnipeg, you're gonna run into a juggernaut though, and that's where you know you might get extinguished. But. Uh, up until that point, like, not at all, I'm not surprised if Calgary makes a run. I mean, you see it at all levels of football, even even in U sports, look, right? Like, we're going to get there. But Laval almost lost Concordia. They've had an up and down year, but they started to kind of climb back. Um, yeah, I no, it's just about who's hot and Calgary's on fire right now. So I could see them completely getting to Ambassador Group Field, but I don't see them getting to Tim Hortons Field because that's where they really want to be. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> I, I have to agree with you here because Winnipeg, at the rate they're playing, at the way they're playing, they're just too good right now. Their defense is playing historic right now. They're they're allowing zero point one six points or something ridiculous like that in the fourth quarter. Like it is historically one of the best defenses in CFL history. Not to mention that oh yeah, Kenny Lawler just casually catches yards and touchdowns every game. Oh, yeah, like Andrew Harris, Brady Olivier. Oh, now Johnny Augustine. They can just run the ball however, whenever they want it. And Zach Claros just pieces together these ridiculous games where he throws for 260 yards and two touchdowns and nobody notices him do it. And Wade calls it with his with his fantasy value of the week. But, I mean, Win- Winnipeg offensively is just so quietly good that, like, at the end of the game, you're like, how did they score 45 points? And you're like, oh, that's how. They're just so multiple, though, right? Like, they can run for 200. They can throw for four. Like, it it really is just so much different um, than any other team we see because, like, Montreal, we know the big play, but so inconsistent. Ottawa hasn't really had an offense this year. Edmonton, they're winless at home for a reason. Uh, BC... They don't really have much of a running game, but then some games they run the ball effectively and then just kind of abandon the run anyways. Toronto, we know what the passing attack is, but DJ Foster's had a couple hundred yard games, but it's not 
close to what they do in Winnipeg. And then Saskatchewan's just been so wildly inaccurate and inconsistent on the deep ball this year that it's just so much underneath and slow playing and long grinding drives that doesn't really allow them to hit massive yardage like Winnipeg does. So we can we stay on the SAS deep ball thing for one more second before we move over to the east? Like Marsh Marsh sent this to us in our group chat. Saskatchewan is two of 13 on passes of 20 plus yards to Kyran Moore. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But here's the one thing I noticed uh, nothing's coming between the hashes. Like they're not running them in on, like, I see maybe two post routes in this chart that have been attempted by Kyran yeah. Moore. Like, are we really getting that much single high safety from them that you can't pull it away or you can't draw someone away from Kyron Moore? But this is what I said in response was, is this really the Shaq Evans effect? Because Shaq Evans is usually the deep ball threat for them. And then Kyron Moore eats in the space that he clears out, right? But without Shaq there, they haven't had that guy to catch those 50-50 balls or the deep balls. And... In turn, it's left Kyron Moore to his own devices, and it's just been incompletions galore. I will say, though, that they they don't have – yeah, they don't have the deep threat of, of Shaq Evans. Oh, oh and, sorry, sorry. They didn't. He's coming back. He's coming back. Sorry, yeah. They didn't. Now, that can that can force a lot of down-low passes to, to Kyron Moore. And we shouldn't sit here – not that we are. We're, we're kind of more so just talking about it, but, like, Saskatchewan's still finding ways to win games, which is insanity. But, I mean, their offense is clearly working for them, and I guess it's just getting Kyron more into spaces, throwing more shallow routes, more like kind of outbreaking routes, slant routes, to get him into these these one-on-one situations where he's got the ball in his hand and he can make a move because he is dangerous that way. Now, I will say that they have – I don't want to say found a replacement, but they found a way around – the void that Shaq Evans has left in the form of two very talented Canadians. I believe I pointed this out. It's not the same. It's not the same, but when they're going for a collective 120 yards per game and they're catching a lot of their deep balls. Now KSB did drop a bad one in the end zone, like a bad one in the end zone, but he's a rookie. That'll come in time. He'll make those plays, but yeah, they, they, they found a workaround to Shaq Evans with, the deep threat ability of and the length and size of Lenius and Keen Shaver Baker. Yeah, I mean, but it's not the same, right? Like it's it's, it's, it's not, not that but it's star receiver. You, like it's like that's a, what I'm it's saying. Like it's a work. It's like by that. committee almost. Yes. And, yeah. And I mean, it's, you can it's see it's taking it, right? two like, guys to pick up one load. Yeah, which I mean, when you get that one guy back healthy, it's going to make that much more of a difference to have them as well. He's getting more um, targets. He is working his way back in targets. But uh, in terms of other football, because we will move off the CFL, a quick shout out to Dalhousie because they won the Atlantic Football League this week. They took home the big old moose head. Uh, so shout out to them. Honest to God, though, we have, what, five teams, six teams in the AUS? why Dalhousie needs to play in the AUS. They play in the AUS for every other goddamn sport. Why are they not an AUS football program? I, I Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess it's up to the school, but 
if you play, if you participate and you play in the AUS and in, in your other kind of collegiate sports, then why not? Yeah. One more team in the AUS doesn't hurt. I mean, we saw bishops leave the AUS to go to the RSEC. So why not bring one in within your own division that is relatively close to some of those schools already? I think a Dalhousie X rivalry, a Dal- Dalhousie Acadia rivalry, like wouldn't hurt anything. I think it'd be fun. No, it'd be. Well, you get Dalhousie Smew, right? Crosstown rivalry. It'd be there. There you go. Right there. Halifax. But like at the same time, they played against UNB. Like, <laughs> hello. They uh, they played against another school that competes in the AUS for every other sport except for football. Like, I don't understand. Like, the AFL is great because we get Holland College. We get some of the other schools there. But, but why not just amalgamate the AFL into the AUS? Right, like, and grow, grow the AUS because unfortunately you can't have Holland College in there. Right. Well, if Western can do it, with <laughs> haha, poking fun <laughs> of the King's College stuff. Um, but no, all, honestly, like that, like, or maybe what you do with the AUS is like a tier one, tier two, where if you are the last team in the AUS and you're the first team in the AFL, swap. You're talking about getting getting relegated now? This is yeah. world junior hockey type stuff. It is. But guess what? <laughs> when you win the relegation tournament, you get to play in the big boys tournament the next year. Um, but no, honestly, like Dalhousie should be in the AUS, right? Like I, I think this so. Is school, I think, yeah. This is a school is big enough to support it. It is it is a good sports school for other athletic competitions, even UMB, right? Like there's so many other schools out on the East coast that you see dominate or compete very highly in other youth sports, national level competitions. And they just don't want to fund a football team. Like you have a team. It's not like you can say like, Oh, well, we don't want to start it. We don't want to put up the money for it. You have a full team. Why not? Yeah. yeah, It's just one of those things that it, it, adds on to growing the game in Canada, right? Like it you don't only even makes have sense. to change your jerseys. You just add a patch that says AUS. AUS. Like, yeah, you have the infrastructure, you have the stadium, you have the team, you have the players. It's not like you have to go recruit because you already have a program. If you anything, your program say, will get better because now you can actually say to people, hey, hey come play you'll get a for look. a youth sports program. And they're one of yeah. the best universities on the East Coast too. So like they're going to get people going to Dalhousie just to go to Dalhousie. I think I think this is a project that we need to take on in the offseason. We need to do a complete re-envisioning of U Sports football across Canada and say, hey, we'll talk to people out there. We'll here are, here are our hypothetical teams that we want to see happen. Do a whole jersey design, pitch it, business, show oh up my. like stepbrothers, we interview as a team. We do interview as a team. Let's get this straight. <laughs> <laughs> we interview as a team. We have interviewed uh, as a team for a year and a half. Okay. It's pretty obvious right, like, to everyone around. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard so many arguments for so many different schools across Canada, and they just, it makes sense. Like, but Dalhousie heard, actually makes sense because they it have does. It like, does. There's an they argument have, for a Brock. There's an argument for what was Brandon saying, the UOIT. Because, I've heard like, an argument be, for Trent. Dalhousie legitimately has all of the stuff in place. They just aren't playing in the same conference. Like equipment, weight room, field, team, players, coaching coaches. staff. Like <laughs> I think I think their field does need to be a little bit upgraded, but if you're going to put yourself into a U Sports situation like that, why wouldn't you shell out the money? 
right? Like if it's just a small upgrade to aesthetically fix your stadium look, why wouldn't you do it? Right? Like you can literally have a field like Waterloo's where it's a football field fencing and small set of stands. Like you don't need much more. You already have a field. You can just, you probably have to re-level it in a couple of years anyways, to put down new turf, re-level it like a true football field, put some stands in and Bob's your uncle. You have a U sports field. The same thing goes for UMB. They have they have a nice stadium. They have a nice football. There was talks about putting a CFL CFL team at UMB. You can't sit here and tell me they don't have a nice stadium if they're contemplating just widening out the stands and putting a CFL team there. So I think if, if UNB has the 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 stadium, if they have the infrastructure, they have they have a team. UNB UNB has a team. Yeah, UNB Red Bombers. I mean. They, UMB, they are there. UMB has the stadium. UMB has the infrastructure. UMB has a team. So how can how can we? I don't know. I just maybe we're being selfish here, and we just want to see U Sports football grow. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think there's ways to make it happen in the Atlantic, and you know, I think more teams brings more competitiveness as well because it, it gives does. more kids a chance to play, and you'll draw more recruits out from other areas of the country too. Like you might get a kid, like all it takes. I know well, how many guys do we know that went to, that went to X tons. We know a ton of guys that went out to the East coast period. I mean, Dalhousie has a guy that I used to play with Will Kenneford on their team. I mean, he went from Kingston to Dalhousie played his years at Dalhousie while he's in school. He's won Moosehead cup. One guy that we played with Jay Dearborn. Goes to Holland College, plays a few years there, then transfers to Carlton, has great, great season at Carlton. Now he's in the CFL play, making plays for Saskatchewan. Shout out to Jay. We didn't talk about this, but he had a huge game two weeks ago. Yeah, big interception. <laughs> big. Uh, I've seen way too many Jay Dearborn interceptions in my lifetime. Uh, You've seen too many. Yeah. I've saw, I, got to, I got to see them as a teammate, and then I had to witness them playing against him, breaking hearts and uh, when, he, when Carlton played at U of T in my second year, I think he had four interceptions in a game or three interceptions in a game. It was wild. That's Literally why he's just, in the CFL. I, yeah, he's he's freak. But uh, <laughs> let's move on to U-sports stuff here. we got some OUA recap. We've been rambling. Oh, my God, we've been rambling. Uh, this is not a good episode if you want. We're excited. There's lots to talk thing. about. But there is. We got fired up on AUS football and what could possibly be a like realistically they could. We're not getting off this. They could be the <laughs> second biggest conference in. Wade's not U ready sports. to leave. Wade's no. not ready to leave the topic. <laughs> they could be the second biggest conference in U sports. I mean, you can have St. John's. Like, there's a Newfoundland school. We could get a team on the Rock. We can get a team down in UPEI is not big enough, but like Cape, uh, the Capers can be in there. Like. There's so many schools out east. Uh, okay, we're off it. Done. Let's talk. Are you sports. sure? Yes. You're cleansed. Do you feel good? We're going a, a, a little conference over here called RSEC where there was uh, some concerning games. Well, one concerning game, one not so concerning game. Montreal had Sepsum actually rocking up on the top of the mountain. But a 31-3 win over Sherbrooke. Uh, they are cruising still. Number one team in the country. I still think Western should be there. But the last team I harbored for in the top 10 uh, is now out of the playoffs. We'll get there in a bit. But Montreal, 31-3. to Yeah, Montreal with a statement win over Sherbrooke, a dominant win over Sherbrooke. They look good in this one. 
it was a Montreal win start to finish and you knew it was going to happen. They dominated from the opening kickoff 30 to 31 to three. Like what else do you want me to say? Defense look good. Offense look good. They're moving on. And that's why they're the number one ranked team in the country right now. Sherbrooke literally scored their points like a couple minutes into the game <laughs> and then just no, no chance. Uh, their quarterback finished seven of 25 with three interceptions. They mustered 29 yards rushing on the ground. Uh, yikes. But uh, on the other side for Montreal, let's talk about this. Jonathan Senecal, 19 to 31, 332 and one touchdown. Bolio on the ground, 87 yards. Senecal added a rushing touchdown for them as well. Uh, Hassan Doso, your guy, 99 yards on the day. This uh, this defense, though, we've got our guys. Uh, your Caravan defense, Connor, take it away. I do love my Montreal defenses. They had a hell of a game in this one, putting together, putting together four sacks, four sacks, two forced fumbles, three interceptions, not to mention two PBUs on the day, dominating all over the field. Man, great showing. From that caravan defense. And we will reiterate the 63 yards of total offense by the Sherbrooke team, the Varior. Uh, so not only did they have the turnovers, but they held the team to 60 yards of total offense. Like you played a full football game and you have driven half, just over half of a field. That's wild. They're good. I don't know what else. Like, they are good. Montreal's defense is legit every single year. Oh, like, this is just a dominant performance, though. Like, and Montreal did this while having 20 penalties against them for 177 yards. 20 penalties. What? Yep. <laughs> Mind you, Sherbrooke had 13. So, clearly, a chippy game up at Sepsum. But the other game in the RSAC, because we've got our finals set, Laval going back to Sepsum, going back to Montreal. And this game was very nerve-wracking. It was a baseball game for the first <laughs> first half and a bit on top of that. Uh, but in the end, Laval 30-10. to 10. Yikes. It was 3-2 after the first quarter. It was... 13 to 10 at half. And then Laval said, okay, thank you very much. We are not playing around anymore. Laval turned it on in the end, but I do want to talk about Concordia here for a second. I know that they took the loss. I know that Laval ended up doing what Laval does in, in closing out the game here, but Concordia have put together a hell of a season headlined by Olivier Watt, their quarterback. We, we were calling for Adam Vance in 2019 Colin Foreman 2020 when the season got canceled, but he steps in huge 2,470 yards, 18 passing touchdowns on the season. This dude is certainly making a case for Heckright. And I know that they didn't win, but he got his team to the playoffs. He won big games. He again showed up big in this one, but he just ran into a Laval team that, you know, has been there before. And he ran into Desjardins, who uh, matched him step for step. Waugh finished with 283 through the air, eight yards carrying, but no touchdowns. 
Meanwhile, Desjardins, 277 and three through the air and add 53 on the ground. Uh, you know, for Laval, this is the passing attack they've been missing. Uh, I want to say the last couple of years, really since Hugo Richard left, right? Like they have kind of just been this ground and pound team, ride it out, great defense, but they've evolved into this passing attack. Mind you, Montreal has evolved into a passing attack of their own uh, compared to where they were in the national semifinal against Acadia in 2019. Um, but on your, on your heck talk, uh, let's talk about a certain heck right candidate because I think this guy deserves all the talk, even though he didn't have his greatest game, Mason Nias. Uh, the Saskatchewan Huskies took down the Calgary Dinos 31 to 23 uh, with the loss and a UBC win because they won a thriller over Alberta, which we will talk about. The Calgary Dinos defending Vanier Cup champions will not even get a chance to play for the Hardy Cup. Tough pill to swallow for them, but uh, certainly not for a lack of effort. Josiah Joseph finished with 471 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Philpott, 13 for 212. Tyson Philpott, 8 for 108 and two touchdowns as well. Uh, This offense lit it up on the scoreboard. But there was uh, a certain team in green and white at home. Mason Nias, 123 yards and two touchdowns. But there are two running backs, Josh Awanchian, and Riker Frank, they combined for 271 yards. Wow. Those Huskies had a damn day. Wow. Yeah, the run game was going. Mason Nias has put together an incredible season. Third in the nation in yards per game. And he has a run game like that. Are you kidding me? I mean, this, this Saskatchewan team... We knew they were going to be good. I don't. I don't know if we we knew that they were going to be this good. And on the on the topic of Calgary missing the playoffs, like it's just so hard for me to believe that because they're just so good. They're not a team to me that really. I I, I know they. I guess they do because they didn't win their games. But to me, they're not a team that deserves to miss the playoffs. Like it just it feels weird that Calgary is not going to be there, knowing how good they are. I mean, Josiah Joseph, their quarterback. He's the leader in the nation in yards per game. He throws 340 yards per game. He's thrown 2,044 on the season, 13 touchdowns. Like the guy that's plays out of his mind. Molnar has been up there in stats too, right? Like they aren't just doing this one dimensional offense. Like when we look at the rushing game as well, uh, he is up there in Can West. He is 10th in the country for rushing. He is fourth in Can West behind two UBC guys. And, of course, Adam Mackert, who's still there. Uh, but I saw Jim Mullen tweet out, like, hot take if they play a full eight-game season, uh, Calgary doesn't miss the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, it's not a hot take. I agree. That's not I agree. That's not a hot take. This team has been in every game they've played. They've just lost. And it goes year by year, right? Like, you you never always win those one-possession games. And they won a lot of them on their Vanier Cup run. This year, they're just on the other end of that. Um, and I know we have the the – Good teams find a way to win games, but sometimes it just it just doesn't bounce your way, right? Well, when it's two good teams, I mean, somebody has to win. It's tough. <laughs> yes, I agree. 
Um, but the reason that Calgary is out is UBC winning 30 to 27 over Alberta, uh, including a very late touchdown or including a very late touchdown from Jonathan Rosary to tie the game with like two minutes left to play. And then UBC just kind of like getting into field goal range, kicking one with 18, uh, kicking one with a minute left and just holding on for dear life. But in the game, Isaiah Knight running back for UBC, 146 and two touchdowns. Oh my. Man, what is, what is it like? Is this the year of the running back? What is going on? Yes, it is. Because here's, here's what I was thinking about. Let's look at all the high volume passing attacks that we've seen uh, from 2019 carry into 2021. Okay. We have Toronto, we have Waterloo. Okay. We have Carlton Tanner got hurt. So they're, they, they don't qualify for this. We had uh, Concordia, but they have a new quarterback. Then we had Calgary. Okay. And when we look at it, Calgary was able to practice all through the year. Passing attack still intact. Waterloo, Toronto, two high volume, high efficiency, pat, like big play offenses built around the passing game. Both unable to practice for long stretches over the lockdowns. Both offenses struggled to get anything going deep. And Concordia, I mean, you have a new quarterback, but really you had your couple games of greatness where it was clicking. And then you had games where it was very, very, very poor. So, um, and that's with a new quarterback. So you had time to practice as well, not as much as Calgary and Josiah was in games before as well. So um, like the, the year off really did shelter and haul in some of these passing attacks that we saw in years gone by. But uh, I think moving forward into next year, we'll see them kind of, come back and we'll have a resurgence of it but i'm loving the year the running back it's wild man like let's let's think about it so we got queens we have western we have ubc we have arguably calgary arguably saskatchewan uh let's not forget about laval's group laval montreal to an extent uh ottawa heavy ottawa yeah laurier (laughs) laurier york's only thing they had going for them on offense this year uh, Mac Mac is a pretty balanced attack, I would say. Mac was another passing attack, though, that I I would say kind of yeah. took a step back, and they had yep. lockdowns to deal with. Um, then we go to the East Coast, and I mean Acadia lost everyone, so I don't even want to like qualify them for this argument on either side. But Santa Fex has traditionally been a huge running power, undefeated. <laughs> like yeah. hello, so I mean Man. you look at it coast to coast, the good running games. All of a sudden, it's like. Oh wow, these teams are dominating everyone. What the heck is going on? Well, pick up your big boy pants because the run game's coming to town after the pandemic and it's not going away. Wild, man. Wild. And like all of those run games are just so good. Just so good. Yeah. And then like, how do you even talk about giving a heck Crichton to one guy when really it's six guys, seven guys, because you have two running backs, a fullback, a tight end an offensive line plus the running back and one guy gets the yards and the stats, but it's half. Your I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stand on the soapbox for Olivier. I'm going to stand on the soapbox for Olivier Wa for the rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, but like, we, we both know that 
teams that don't win in the playoffs don't get national award recognition. Well, when you play the type happen. like it when you play the type of football that he has, he deserves it. He deserves Clay and that. Trey, Clay and Trey were both statistically ahead I of the Creighton winner in 2019, but because they didn't make it to the Yates Cup, oh no thanks. So like I just because you have the yardage, the, the voters want they want wins, they want you to be at the top of your conference. So Realistically, I'm expecting it to be Adam Macker or Mason Nias <laughs> because the Huskies are going to cruise through Can West. Then everyone's going to go, oh, my, look at that offensive attack. And it's going to be like, yeah, they've been here for the last two, three years. Um, but, no, yeah, we mentioned it. Santa Fe stays undefeated as well, 13-7 to uh, out on the East Coast, which leaves us with some AUS playoff matchups. Here we go in the first round. We are getting Acadia heading to X and Bishops heading out to Mount Allison. Dun, dun, dun. What do you think of this game in the AUS? It's tough. I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to come off a back-to-back and win the second one. But in this case, I mean, Acadia is depleted. They lost a lot of big weapons, but I still trust the coaching staff at Acadia. I don't think they're going to be there this year. I think this is going to be another X win as tough as tough as it is to come off that back-to-back. X, I think, is just too good in the AUS this year. I think that they're a, a pretty high-end team in any conference. So I, I like what they're doing. I like what they've been able to put together. I don't see them losing. I think it might be another tight game, but I, I think it's X's ball game to lose. So coast-to-coast, we have talked about the AUS playoff matchups. Let's go into the rest of the country. We do have the Dunsmore Cup. Laval at Montreal. In the OUA, we have the divisional finals, Ottawa at Queens, Guelph at Western. And then in Can West, we've got the big one. We've got Saskatchewan hosting UBC and the Manitoba Bisons hosting the Alberta Golden Bears. Uh, so those should be close-ish games. I mean, the Huskies should dominate theirs, but I'm, I'm saying Alberta pulls an upset over over Manitoba. Man, this is uh this is the best time of the year. This is the best time of the year. We got the CFL playoffs shaping up. We got U Sports playoffs all over the country. The Lions are statistically eliminated from playoff contention at this time every single year. I love it. It's my favorite time of the of it's my favorite time of football season. Oh man. We uh we won't be at any games this weekend as we gear up for what is hoping to be a fantastic Yates Cup. Car uh, and I are going to try and be there as well to keep you guys up to date and involved on the Yates Cup live from location, wherever it may be, because it could be in Ottawa, it could be in Kingston, Guelph, London. We don't know where it could go. Uh, I don't think it would go to Ottawa, but I think it would be in one of the other three cities. Uh, no, because even if Ottawa wins, I think they would still be the away team. Uh, yeah, yeah. But if you want to catch some of these playoff games as you're going along, head to oua.tv. It's free to sign up. You just got to put in your email. You get all the games live and on demand. And now the winter sports are starting. You get volleyball, basketball, hockey. The U Sports Championships in field hockey are going to be coming up. So you might be able to get through a paywall for that one as the championships are usually 
exclusive, but uh, OUA.TV for all the football games. It has been a wild episode today. Absolutely wild. I don't even know where talked about a lot. We've gone so far off on We talked about a lot. We talked CFL. We talked like bringing in new teams. We talked playoff football. We talked, we talked a lot. We talked a lot today. Um, I think not right now because we're recording this at nine o'clock in the morning, but later on, I need to unwind with a nice sawdust city beer because it has been a long day already at nine o'clock in the morning. What's what's wrong with nine o'clock in the morning? <laughs> get, well, get the mimosa beer and then you can. I get, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Technically, nice mimosas city. are morning drinks. <laughs> well, that's a good point. That's a good loophole. Hmm. I don't want us to take that loophole. Don't take if, that loophole. <laughs> but my schedule runs opposite now. So if I work a night and then I get off at seven is it technically then my evening can i loophole it that way (laughs) no (laughs) no morning beers after a night shift we sound like degenerates let's move on (laughs) (laughs) i will nonetheless nonetheless i'll be kicking my feet up with a sawdust city beer later you can grab yours at sawdustcitybeer.com sawdust city brewery offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door Visit their website, like I said, at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. And this month, this November, the promo code is rolling on. So use CFL at checkout to get free shipping on your first order over $100. It's available to Ontario residents only. And obviously, you must be legal drinking age to get in on that. But that's going to close us out. And for Connor and I, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill, at CF Perspective, stay tuned. Take care. Enjoy your week. And uh, let's move on to the second round of playoffs in some provinces and conferences. And let's kick off the postseason in the others. We're excited if you guys can tell.